Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy Friday as we go to Thanksgiving weekend. Yesterday was Thanksgiving, so for those that do celebrate, which should be most of y'all, a very happy Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had the chance to spend time with family, friends, maybe even both, maybe even more than one Thanksgiving this weekend in the form of a Friendsgiving, a potluck, a kickback, uh, but just an opportunity to spend time with those that you love. So happy Thanksgiving um, for me to you at Just the West. And it's been, um, man, as we go into week 13 of the NFL season, as we look into the NFC West Conference, I mean, shoot, I've been very thankful for such a season just to cover this. I mean, uh, you got the Niners, first place at 10-1. and one. Uh, They have been... I mean, I, I, did, I didn't see this coming. I, I was thinking 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, um, but look at this moment. They are 10-1. And, and not only are they playoff bound, but, you know, there's conversations of them getting further past the first round, uh, maybe even contending for a Super Bowl. And who would have thought, not even the biggest homer would have thought that your 2019 San Francisco 49ers would be in contention for the Super Bowl. Seahawks are second place. They're nine and two, and same thing again. I mean, it's just it's just a crazy division. It's been really fun to cover. When you look at the Niners at ten and one, the Seahawks nine and two, and in most divisions, nine and two wins the division, uh, gets them atop of the rankings in the NFL. But they're second place, man, and you know not to sell anything wrong with the Niners, but I mean the Seahawks, they've been. And they, they, they have been riding the NFC West for several years. You know, the Cardinals have had their ups and downs. The Niners in that same fashion. But, I mean, the Seahawks have been consistent. I think that Russell Wilson, true franchise quarterback, he just turned 31 today, I believe. I didn't even know that, that it was his birthday on Black Friday until I saw Twitter. Happy birthday, Russell Wilson. But, you know, he's been in the league for about nine, I think nine seasons. And every season that he has played... Uh, he is one of the first quarterbacks to have a winning season in his first nine seasons in the league. Russell and the Seattle organization as a whole got married together. Fourth round pick out of Wisconsin, and he took the lead, and they have been winning football games ever since. So that, that that's a trip. That's something I'm thankful for. Uh, thirdly, third place, you have the Rams. They're at 6-5. and five. Now, I know that uh, this isn't necessarily what they expect it to be at this time of the year. At 6-5, and five, it's looking like, you know, they've had some struggles with their offensive line, with some consistencies on their offense with Jared Goff, Todd Gurley. But, you know, I'm just thankful for them just to be back in L.A., back in contention. I mean, you know, this season's been a bit of a wash. But you could argue that, I mean, I just remember last year, for them to make the Super Bowl, to come back to L.A., and to really matter in the NFC West, and just to see them and that high-powered offense. I mean, I was thankful for those moments. For those that don't remember from last year, I think it was shoot, I think it was either Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football. No, I think it was Monday Night Football. But one of the biggest games of the year is when I saw the Rams and Chiefs, two high-powered offenses, go at it, and for the Rams to come up top. That was a really cool memory, and while this year has been a bit lackluster, 
I, I am hoping that they do pick it back up um, for 2020. Uh, six and five, third place. And lastly, you know, you have the Cardinals, last place at three, seven, and one, one being a tie. But even when you look at this team, though, I mean, you know, from last year going to this year, they had obvious needs and they made a huge risk by getting rid of last year's first round pick, which was Josh Rosen, a quarterback. They traded him away to the Dolphins and they took the leap of faith to get Kyler Murray out of Oklahoma, a quarterback in the mold of a dual threat, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, a Drew Brees in that sense for for his stature. But these sort of quarterbacks in the years past weren't really perceived as successful franchise-building quarterbacks. But lo and behold, you see Kyler Murray with the first pick in the draft. And the Cardinals had the balls to make that move, to, to recognize what was going on in the NFL. And, you know, to pair him up with uh, Cliff Kingsbury and his high-powered offense from Texas Tech in college, something that hasn't really been done consistently in the NFL, but it's a passing league now, so they paired Cliff Kingsbury up with the perfect quarterback in Kyler Murray. And while they are last place at 3-7-1, and one, you know, their, their last four games have been very competitive, uh, very efficient in recent weeks. I think right now they have the eighth most efficient offense in the league with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. And it's not necessarily translating to wins right now, but that's okay. You know, I, I feel that they're an exciting team. They need to continue to rebuild around Murray, but they are on the right direction. And at the very least for a rebuilding team with a new first-year coach, a first-year quarterback, it seems like they made the right decision to draft Kyler Murray. So, Niners first, Seahawks second, Rams third, and the Cardinals fourth. So, as we look into week 13 of the NFL season, let's go ahead and go on it chronologically because we have three games in the NFC West for week 13. The first being in the morning, you have your San Francisco 49ers at 10-1. and one. And, man, it, it just sucks because last week they got flexed inwards towards a primetime game on Sunday Night Football against the Packers. That was a late game, too. But uh, this three-game stretch is really going to test the Niners. And I feel like every game within this three-game stretch is a potential playoff preview of things to come because you have the Niners traveling East Coast for a 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time game to go to Baltimore to play the Ravens. And these Ravens just laid 45 points on the Rams at L.A. in convincing fashion on Monday Night Football. And so they're red hot right now. If you look at the power rankings for for most platforms, they're number one. They are the best team right now. And, you know, in years, not years, weeks past, you had Lamar Jackson right there in third, fourth for MVP conversation. You had Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes right there. But right now... Lamar Jackson is coming off a five-touchdown performance in which I think he went, like, what, 15 for 20 for five touchdowns, meaning that a third of his completions went for touchdowns. Crazy, and he's got, like, 850 rushing yards. He's on pace to have 1,000 rushing yards as a quarterback, a dual-threat quarterback, and he's playing his best football right now in his sophomore season. Just think about that. He's playing awesome MVP-caliber football in his second year in the league 
And so I get it. They're red hot. They're nine and two. They're hosting the Niners. And the spread for this, I looked it up. It's crazy, but you haven't had a spread in which a ten and one team is an underdog against another opponent. But lo and behold, you have the Ravens favored by six over under 46 and a half. And this hasn't happened for a 10 and one team to be underdogs. And since 2007, I looked that up and that was against, that was against the Packers and the Cowboys. Both teams, I think were 10 and one in that context. And so one team had to be an underdog. This one, it's kind of, you know, it's a game apart, but it makes it really intriguing as we look into this matchup. You know, personally for me, I'll, I'll predict the score in a bit, but I'd be privy to take the points uh, versus laying them because, I mean, six points right now for a tightly contested matchup like this. I mean, intriguing, intriguing because you have the Niners. They have the best defense in the league, um, best pass de- defense, uh, middle of the pack on their run defense. But then you have the Ravens who have the number one overall offense and for them they're the number one rushing team they average 210 rushing yards per game the Niners are second place uh, you know it's just a really efficient offense for this Baltimore Ravens and you saw that on display against the Rams on Monday Night Football you saw that on display when they played the Patriots earlier this year and so they played some really tough teams and they've won they've proven that they can win they had a couple hiccups along the way when they lost to the Chiefs in Week 2 and the Browns in Week 4. But, I mean, that was the first quarter of the season. Since then, they've been averaging, you know, 30-plus points that they've been blowing out teams. And so it really begs the question right now, you know, uh, is this Super Bowl preview right now? Because you have such a high-powered offense with Lamar Jackson. He's playing his best football. You have Greg Roman former Niners offensive coordinator, um, running the shots with his run game, um, this triple tight end offense. You have Hollywood Brown over the top as a speed receiver. It's just a really exciting offense that has been tailored for Lamar Jackson. Uh, But conversely, you look at this Niners team, this Niners front four and their pass rush, and they've been able to get home to the quarterback, uh, which has been paying dividends for for the secondary because they have the number one pass defense in the league. They only they only allow 137 passing yards per game, which is pretty insane. But they're number one. Uh, their rush defense is okay. Uh, but that pass rush is number one in the league. And what I'm really intrigued for Sunday morning is, you know, for this Niners linebackers, you know, whether it's Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Um, I even heard actually safety Tavares more. He might be in some packages as linebacker to adjust towards the speed of Lamar Jackson. But the question is, can the Niners, the best defense in the league, can they contain Lamar Jackson? Because over the last four games, this Ravens team has just been balling. They have been straight up balling on all defenses. And we saw with this Niners defense before, whether it's been against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, these mobile quarterbacks give this Niners defense, um, it's a completely different game. It's it's a lot harder for them. They can't um, get to the quarterback as much. Uh, Not to say that they can't, because I think against Russell Wilson, he got sacked four times. Kyler Murray, you know, he he had a share of, of misfits as well. But it's a lot harder to get to the quarterback 
along the edges when you have that mobility that Lamar Jackson has, um, especially with his ability to throw outside the pocket and roll out like Lamar Jackson has this season. So that's probably going to be like the number one thing, uh, defending Lamar Jackson, defending this offense. Uh, they use, like I said before, they use a triple tight end offense. They have Hollywood Brown to put defenses off the top in regards to his speed. Uh, so secondary is going to be questioned. Um, how they contain Lamar Jackson is going to be questioned because even if they were to put, you know, even if they were to put Tavares more in those packages, I mean, he's a defensive back. You put him at backer on a couple packages, but then you have a triple tight end offense, and that could be uh, to to the Ravens' uh, uh, offense to be in their advantage as well. So I mean, just the reaction time for these backers, uh, for these zone reads, for these RPOs. Um, just how quickly Lamar Jackson's able to get the ball out or make a decision to run uh, and get open on the field. Uh, it's going to be the biggest challenge for the Snyder's defense. And I think that what Robert Sala alluded to, it's probably going to be their biggest challenge of the season. Of the season. He said that on his presser going to this game. Uh, so very interesting and very interesting on the other side of the football because... From what I understand, it's like a 100% chance rain on an East Coast Baltimore playing field. So it's going to be cold as shit. It's going to be raining. It is going to be slippery football. Maybe not as bad as that game against the Redskins where the field was very, very adverse to say the least. But, uh, you know, against the Ravens, it's going to be raining. And so... You know, for the Niners, when they get the football on offense with Jimmy Garoppolo under center, uh, I'm going to be intrigued to see what they do against this Ravens team that is super aggressive. They are the most aggressive team when it comes to blitzes. I understand that they blitz, what, 50, 51% of the time, which is insane. But having said that, Jimmy Garoppolo, he has a very quick release, but will his receivers be ready for it? Uh, good news is I heard that Matt Breida should be slated to play. Emmanuel Sanders, George Kittle, Debo Samuel. They are not on the injury re- report, so sh- you should have them aligned. But, you know, East Coast, rainy conditions, it's going to be really tough to catch the football, uh, to get a good grip. Um, I don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to wear a glove or whatnot, but it's going to be very tough. You know, weather does matter, especially come this time of the year i mean it's freaking um this sunday will be december 1st it is officially winter time in the east coast so that should be a very interesting challenge but conversely i mean we talked about the niners on the offense obviously containing lamar jackson but uh what about the trenches for for this niners team off the top, there is a, a bit of opportunity for the niners because raven center matt Skura, Starting center for the Ravens. He was carted off the field last week against the Rams, and so he is out for the year, which gives an interesting wrinkle of opportunity for the Niners. Their interior pass rush, whether it's DeForest Buckner or DJ Jones, the nose tackle, uh, if they can rush up and bully the backup center, whoever they put, um, and you know, for that exchange for Lamar Jackson and the center in the rain. Uh, there could be some opportunity for them to really wreck some havoc. Um, I thought, you know, for the Rams against the Ravens on Monday Night Football, that Aaron Donald would have that same plan and wreck it up front 
in the interior pass rush, but he, you know, he he didn't he didn't really hear his name that much against the Ravens team. But can the Niners do it? Um, like I said, uh, I understand that the center's out. There's some injuries. That I think at the left guard spots. Don't quote me on that. But when I was looking at the injury report during practice, there was a couple of discrepancies on the interior offensive line for the Ravens. So I'm just thinking Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner, DJ Jones. I mean, there should be some opportunity because I know for the edges, whether it's Nick Bosa or Eric Armstead, it's going to be tougher to get to Lamar Jackson. If anything, I'm more concerned if they just stay disciplined to their gap assignments, contain Lamar Jackson. But if they can rush the passer up the line, up the middle, that would be awesome. So having said that, I mean, when I look at this matchup, it's raining. It's in the East Coast. I think that both teams are going to try to run the football. Uh, You have Mark Ingram and Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. And then you have uh, hopefully Matt Breida's uh, healthy and and ready to play. You have Tevin Coleman. You have uh, Raheem Mostert. I mean, a good rushing attack as well for the Niners. So both teams are going to try to play possession-oriented football. Um run the ball, set up play action. If this Niners team can contain Lamar Jackson, which I think they could, there is some skepticism because no one has done it the last month, month and a half in the NFL. But this Niners team certainly has the capabilities. It's just more so, you know, against Kyler Murray, against Russell Wilson. What did they learn from that experience? You know, when they played on Halloween against Kyler Murray, when they played on Monday Night Football against the Seahawks, what did they learn when they played these mobile quarterbacks? Because this will be your third mobile quarterback entering the latter quarter of the season. So I will be very intrigued to see what Robert Sala and this defense, what they do on the third part of adjusting to these sort of quarterbacks. Having said that, you know, do, they, do I think the Niners can win? Sure. Uh, do I think uh, it's going to be easy? No. Uh, I think that, if anything, I think the Niners either win close or they get blown out by Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense. I mean, it's just been it's been crazy, man. This, this Ravens team, I didn't expect him to be this good, this quick, but they're doing it, man. I'll predict it. Uh, you have the spread, Baltimore 6, over under 46.5. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I don't think that either team is going to score 30. If they do, I think the Ravens would be the ones scoring the 30 plus. They would be the ones blowing out the Niners at home, East Coast, and showing their stuff. You're going to have a Lamar Jackson MVP type of game. But from the points that I mentioned before, the pass rush, they've they've played these sort of quarterbacks before. Um, they've They've had some time. And you can make a case that the Ravens get less rest because they played on Monday Night Football. You could also make the case that uh, the Snyder's team likes to be the underdogs because right now they're six-point underdogs as a 10-1 team. And everyone is not really talking too highly about them right now. But this has been the sort of ordeal all season as underdogs and this disrespect. So give me the Niners 24. Give me the Ravens 20. Close game. You can go either way. You can make a case for 24-20 Ravens, but I'm going to go on the Niners side. 24-20 Niners. Close game throughout. Uh, 
I think it's going to be the devil in the details. I think it's going to be, you know, what type of Jimmy are we going to get? Are we going to get a full good Jimmy G on the road? Or are you going to see a couple bad Jimmy mishaps in terms of interceptions? Uh, What sort of Lamar Jackson are you going to get? Because, you know, his rookie year, he wasn't this good because if you can contain him and make it one-dimensional, the game gets a lot easier for, for defenses. Obviously, that hasn't been the case the, the last couple of weeks, but can the Niners make this offense one-dimensional? We're going to find out, but giving the Niners 24-20, to 20, and we are out here. Next game. 1 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. It is the only NFC West matchup between the Rams at 6-5, and five. And they are going to Arizona where the Cardinals are hosting at 3-7-1. But they are well-rested coming off a of bye week. They're coming off a pretty salty sort of loss in which they went to Tampa Bay. They had an opportunity to win. Kyler Murray, he's growing up. He's slowly taking every game and getting better and better. Prior to the game against the Bucks, he had zero interceptions the last five games. But he threw a very ill-advised and untimely interception to lose the game essentially at Tampa Bay. And they've had about two weeks to, you know, really get their shit together. And I feel I feel pretty optimistic for this Cardinals team. Not for the fact that, you know, they're well rested, but you know, Kyler Murray just saw what Lamar Jackson did to fuck up the Rams on Monday Night Football. It is certainly possible Kyler Murray can do the same thing against these backers. Clay Matthews, Corey Littleton, I mean, they're good, stellar players for this front seven, but uh, they didn't look so stellar at L.A., you know. I'll be curious, you know, off the bye, will Cliff Kingsbury dial up more quarterback design runs to take use of Kyler Murray and his legs in the latter half of the season? Um, are you going to see a little bit more from Christian Kirk, Larry Fitzgerald in this passing offense with a little bit more rest? Uh, they also get you know Chase Edmonds. He's he comes back from his hamstring injury. He should be healthy. And so for this, you know, even for this this trio of running backs now, you have David Johnson, you have uh, Kenyon Drake, and you have Chase Edmonds. All very similar backs in that same mold of you know slashing receiver like running backs. Kind of like what the Niners have in San Francisco, but you have a trio of running backs now at your disposal. You have Kyler Murray slowly getting better, and coming off this bye, I think that Cliff Kingsbury should feel good against a very vulnerable Rams team. But I mean, conversely, this Rams team they got destroyed at home. I'm sure Sean McVay is getting a ton of flack for it from the press. I'm sure the players are heated and they want to get another win to keep them in contention for the NFC West and the playoffs. And so this is, you know, essentially it's a must-win game for them anyways. They're 6-5. and five. They can't fall to 500. They need to stay afloat in the NFC Conference if they're going to make any sort of opportunity to, to get the wild card at, at, at the very least. So, I mean, this is going to be a big showing for the Rams and this offense. Todd Gurley, hopefully, uh, you know, they can get their run game back on track. You can get a little bit more from Jared Goff. And you saw a couple of good things from, you know, last Monday. Robert Woods, he had six catches for 97 yards. Brandon Cooks came back off his injury. He had a couple of catches. And, of course, you have Cooper Cup. Jared Everett is getting better every week. 
I think that Tyler Higley is going to be out this game. But, you know, overall, um, they are the better team. Right now, the Rams are favored by 347 and a half. And so they should take care of business against the Cardinals. Or will they? I'm just still... I'm just still thinking, though, because the, the Cardinals, they've dropped four straight and out of sheer pride and coming off this bye week, I think that they're going to take a page of what the Ravens did and get Kyler Murray a little bit more involved in the run game. I think that they're going to test the, the Rams linebackers in the same way that they tested the Niners linebackers on that last NFC West, West matchup. Um, I think the one thing I would be concerned about for the Cardinals is Obviously, Aaron Donald and his pass rush because I think you can make a case. I don't know who's got the better offensive line, the Rams or the Cardinals. To be honest, both are pretty bad right now. Both are pretty bad. Both need to account for each other's pass rushers. You have the Rams with Aaron Donald, Michael Brockers, Dante Fowler. I mean, that's just a lot to to handle. Uh, And then even for the Cardinals, you have Terrell Suggs. You have Chandler Jones who, you know, going into... Well, technically right now, uh, the leading sack guy is Cameron Jordan because he just had four sacks against the Falcons on Thursday night for Thanksgiving. But prior to that, Chandler was was leading at 12.5, and and I think he certainly has an opportunity to get to Jared Goff, get to the quarterback. I don't know. I think that right now, this Rams offense, it has been... I think the last month they've been averaging just 17 points a game. They haven't been playing good football. I don't know what type of offense we're going to get. They should be the better team, but I just have a feeling that Kyler Murray specifically should be amped up to make a statement at home off the bye. I just feel it. I just feel it. So, Rams Nation, just hear me out. I think that the Rams are on stock down. And the Cardinals, they've lost four straight. I just, I think this would be a good statement game for Kyler Murray off the bye. So go ahead and give me the upset. Give me the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals 28. Give me the Rams 24. Cardinals 28, Rams 24, in which you see a more pronounced Kyler Murray, both in the run game and as a passer. And he already saw and took a page out of Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and what they've been doing. I think that Cliff Kingsbury is slowly, week to week, he's getting better and better as a play caller. And as such, he's getting more and more innovative on how he's going to get Kyler Murray more involved. So check that out. Lastly... Sunday Night Football, and this should be a really fun matchup as well. I mean, I, like, like I said, I'm so thankful on this Thanksgiving weekend as we evaluate these NFC West teams, just how much amped up I've been to watch these games in this division. Niners-Ravens game, this should be lit. It's fun to have the Rams and the Cardinals. But, man, Sunday Night Football, you have the 8-3 and three Minnesota Vikings going on the road to play Seattle Seahawks, who are 9-2. and two. And if the Seahawks win and the Niners lose, just like that, just like that, they take the division at first place because they already have 
the matchup record. They beat the Niners earlier this year. Man, the the Seahawks at nine and two. They could be ten and two. And if you were to tell me that after having all these close, close victories against the Bengals and whatnot in the first quarter of the season to beat ten and two by theory, I mean that's just that's just freaking awesome, man. So conversely, both the Vikings and the Seahawks they're at second place in their respective divisions. Because on the NFC North, you have the Vikings and the Packers. Packers are slated to win the division just as much as the Vikings are competing with them in the in the North. Seahawks, same thing with the Niners. And so it's kind of going back and forth. I think that either the Vikings or the Seahawks, they could take the division. If they don't, then I think that these are probably going to be the wildcard teams in the NFC Conference. And so this is just as important of a game for the Vikings as it is for the Seahawks. They're only one game apart. And... You know, if the Seahawks win, they they have a good chance to take the division. If not, um, I mean, it makes it really interesting for the Vikings too, because then they would be nine and three, and the Seahawks would be nine and three. So just a lot of cool stuff. And then keep in mind too, for this Vikings team, they're coming off a of bye week. They should be well rested. They should have Adam Thielen back, who's been dealing with a hamstring injury the last couple of weeks. And you're going to have an MVP caliber sort of running back in Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's got about 1,017 yards. He's third place in the league coming off a of bye week. He's, I mean, he's just been killing it right now. And so I just think for the Seahawks defense, I mean, I don't know if Jadavion Clowney's even going to play. He didn't play last week. From what I understand, he's got a core muscle injury where he might need season-ending surgery. I, I just don't know how bad it is. They're being pretty mum on the situation. But you need Jadavion Clowney. I mean, you saw what he did against the Niners, and that's where he got hurt. But he fucks shit up against the Niners in, on Monday Night Football. And so you would like to have him. You'd like to have Ziggy on. So you saw, you know, against this Eagles team last week for the win. It wasn't pretty, but they had, I mean... They had like what three, four take, take when they might have had five takeaways. They made a lot of plays against the Eagles, and they did this without Jadavion Clowney, which is really encouraging. Uh, but you're starting to see this uh, Seattle defense kind of ascending and get better and better every week. Shaquille Griffin in the secondary, Bradley McDougal. I mean, they had two interceptions um, total with them respectively, and then you have this uh, this front seven with Ziggy Reed. I mean, yeah, a couple things where it's not quite there yet. But you're seeing it slowly coming along. Shout out to Shaquem Griffin. I know that the other twin gets uh, a lot of love at cornerback. But Shaquem Griffin, in a couple packages last week, he looked really good as a passing backer. Will they use him more? That would be interesting. Um, but as I look at this game, too, uh, I am worried about, for the Seahawks, this whole Dalvin Cook, Kirk Cousins play action ordeal because Dalvin Cook is, is really good. They can certainly run the ball very well, this uh, this Minnesota team. And as I look at it right now, I mean, the Seahawks team against the run, they're like middle of the pack. They're they're okay. Uh, they, they could be better. And so it makes me wonder, uh, as of right now, they've had some, a lot, actually a lot of opportunities for takeaways the last couple weeks, which is why they're 9-2. and two. But if you look at the rankings, 
their pass defense, their rush defense. They're, they're, they're okay. Middle, middle of the pack. Um, more so, their, their takeaways have been awesome this year. They've had a couple of defensive touchdowns, but I don't know, man. Um, I, I just have this odd feeling. You know, I, I, I get it that Russell Wilson is really tough to beat on prime time at home, but I just have this feeling right now that Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, this whole run scheme with play action, the secondary can be had, and they're coming off a bye. They're they're well rested. They need this win just as much as the Seahawks, and so that's what where I'm kind of worried. I'm really worried about Dalvin Cook. I'm really worried about play action. I'm really worried about what they can do off of play action uh, because from what I've seen this year, you know the Seahawks secondary they haven't reacted that well against play action. Uh, on the other side of the football, when the Seahawks do get the ball with Russell Wilson under center. Uh, hopefully Tyler Lockett is better and, and ready to go because I know he was dealing with a pretty gnarly injury uh, earlier a uh, couple weeks ago. And then I'll be really intrigued to see what the the carry distribution is going to be for Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. Last week for the first time all, all year, you had Rashad Penny leading the way in carries. And he, he had a great game. He had... With like 14 carries for like 110 yards and a touchdown and a nice uh, with like a 40 45 yard touchdown in that game and it was promising because he's a former first round pick out of san diego state and so are we on to bigger and better things is there going to be something where chris carson who is a great running back in his own right between the tackles do you think that there's going to be more of a committee approach moving forward do you think penny's going to get the hot hand uh, that should be intriguing. And then just another thing, too, is Russell Wilson against this pretty good front seven in the Vikings. I mean, this this Vikings front seven, Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks. I mean, this front seven is really good. It's really good in their own right. And they're well-rested, too. So uh, it should be a good challenge for, for Russell Wilson in this offense. Uh, that's That's kind of where I'm at. So let's just kind of take it back home. Uh, I am concerned about Dalvin Cook, play action, them needing the win just as much as the Seahawks. I feel that at the same time, too, uh, the Seahawks, they're going to be up for a challenge. Their offense is um, hopefully their passing game can continue. I, I would like to see a little bit more of a rebound performance from DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf last week against the Eagles, he had a couple of drops where, man, if he had caught it, might have had a touchdown or two. Uh, so that was a little frustrating. If Lockett isn't 100%, I want to have Metcalf on primetime football uh, against Xavier Rhodes. That would be a really interesting matchup. So all in all, I think it's going to be a, a pretty tightly contested game. It can go e- either way. But there's just something about this where I feel that this Vikings defense is better than the Seahawks. And they're pretty equal, you know, in regards to to their record and kind of their their caliber as a whole. Uh, it's it's tough to beat the Seahawks on the road, but I just feel that you know with Delvin Cook and what they do in play action, Kirk Cousins, you know, he, I know historically he's kind of a choker, but I just have a feeling that this offense is going to step up against this Seahawks defense that really is going to be missing Jadavion Clowney in this context. They they need. A more consistent pass rush, and this is one of those games, especially how important on Sunday night, you need a Jadavion Clowney in this game. And if he's not there, it's going to be tough. 
it's going to be really tough for the Seahawks. So go ahead and give me the Vikings. Uh, give me the Vikings 24. Give me the Seahawks 21. A really close game. I think it's going to be a game that's going to be predicated on the run game for both teams. And Vikings go on top and the tie between the Vikings and the Seahawks at 93, respectively. All right. So that's what I have in regards to week 13 in the NFC West. I have the Niners beating the Ravens 24 to 20. Upset. I have the Cardinals beating the Rams. 28 to 24 upset. I guess I'm going to go three, three for three on upsets. And then I have the Vikings being the Seahawks 24 to 21 in upsetting fashion. So I am obviously laying the points for, for all these games right now. So it will be something to, I am either going to be like a genius. or I'm going to be eating grow after these predictions. So bear with me once again, Thank you for continuing to check out the pod, whether it's on iTunes, Spotify. Continue to check out the pod. I'm also on Twitter, at Just the West. Instagram, at Just the West. And, of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here. Peace.